Hey, hey, I'm Danielle Ryan, and this is Adulting 101. Being an adult is stressful, and this podcast was specifically designed to help you navigate the crazy world of adulthood. So buckle up, and let's get into the episode. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Another solo episode. So it seems to be the new thing is I'll do an interview, I'll talk to you myself, I'll do another interview... Which on that note, if you're interested on being on the podcast, feel free to send me an email or an Instagram message. At this point, I'm pretty open to anyone. It doesn't matter if you have like a massive following on the internet or you're just a regular person. Um, I'm just looking to bring people on who have a message to share. So... It really drives me crazy, and I've never talked about this, but I get tons of pitches via email, particularly from people in the online coaching space, wanting to use my platform as a way to leverage their own business. And I get it. I understand how business works. You know, you need to network. You need to get your name out there. But my advice for you, if you are someone who is pitching a podcast, is to not copy and paste the same message to everyone, because when you're on the receiving end of that, you can 100% recognize that it's a copy and pasted message. Um, I always love to connect with people who are passionate about the mission that I have with this podcast, which is really just to give millennials a space to feel heard and to understand that the things you are going through are valid and that all of these struggles that we all face from a multitude of different areas of our life are all real and relevant. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you're someone who listens to this podcast and you have been through it, you have been through something, you have accomplished something, you have done something, know that I am more than happy to share my platform with you to, for you, I guess, to demonstrate that to other people, that they can do it too. Because that's really sort of the vibe that I go with here is that like, if I can do something, you can do something. And if you can do it, then someone else can do it too. Hopefully that's making sense. You know, I'm still getting used to not having a script and to sort of just like spinning off the top of my head, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I just wanted to offer that opportunity to anyone who's interested because it's always been really fun for me to connect with people via interview. And now that I'm kind of going for this more like relaxed conversational setup, I'm really excited to welcome in lots of informal conversation about what it's like to be an adult. So... Buckle up, enjoy the ride. Let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Okay, y'all know before we get started, I have to remind you that I have this 15-day challenge going on inside my free Facebook group, Purposeful Female Millennials, on Facebook. I have it linked down below in the description. And you might be thinking, well, I already missed the first five days, but that's okay. There's this thing called the Units tab where I've been saving every single episode in the series there so you can get caught up at any time. And I would love to have you in my community so we can chat about all the things you need to start living your life by design, creating the life you love, and going after all of the things you want. If you're feeling stuck, you're feeling uncertain, this was designed for you, so I hope to see you inside. You know, I often do a lot of my best thinking when I am driving in my car. And I never want to like take the time to pull my phone out and open up notes and do like a voice recording because that's really dangerous. Um, So a lot of the times the ideas I come up with tend to slip away. So I had a great idea. I don't remember what it was now, 
Um, but I remember it being a really great idea. Like, you know, the feeling of when you have a really good, great idea, how that feels in your body. I can remember having that feeling, but I can't remember what the idea was. So instead today, I'm just going to sort of have a little chit chat with you about fear because this is something that came up on a number of the one-on-one client calls I had this past week. Plus it's something I've really been struggling with quite lately if um, I'm being totally honest. So I thought maybe we could just sort of riff off about what fear looks like, how fear feels and how fear really prevents us from doing all the things that we want to do. And so I actually started reading some journal entries that I wrote a few weeks ago and there was like this reoccurring theme for me about fearing that I was going to fail at some of the things that I'm working on. And I feel like this is something that I've struggled with, believe it or not, for a large majority of my life, I guess. When I really think about it in the grand scheme of things, I think back to ways I used to act and decisions I used to make as a teenager and a young adult and how a lot of the times I would base my decisions on the perception of other people. So I would do things and I would go places and I would present myself in a way that would give people the illusion that I was successful and that I knew what I was doing and that I had it all together. And I've sort of like carried this this pattern along with me into adulthood. And it's only really been lately that I've started to recognize like a lot of the decisions that I make and continue to make even now are as a result of not wanting to let down these like imaginary people. Like obviously there's real people in my life that I don't want to let down, but it's sort of like this grander feeling of like, if I fail, everyone conceivable in the whole world is going to notice. And that's kind of been something I've just come to terms with, I guess, recently where I've decided consciously that it's time for me to stop creating this illusion almost when things aren't going well, that they are going well. And to be more honest about what my life really looks like and what my business looks like and how I spend my time and all of that. And I think this is more deeply rooted, not in this desire to like publicly share my entire life on the internet, because I think there's a fine line between like being open online and then being like oversharing online. Um, But more so just this idea of being okay with this worked really well for me. This didn't work well for me. And this is kind of where I'm at. And I've openly expressed this to people who are close to me in my life. Um, When it comes to business, for example, Back in the month of March, when the pandemic first hit, I think I made like less than $200 in my business that month, which obviously if you're an adult like me and you have a mortgage and responsibilities, $200 isn't going to get you very far. Um, (laughs) But luckily I also have a side gig where I teach English online. So I was kind of able to supplement my income that way. So it was fine. But I don't think I was ever openly like, hey guys, my business is failing, somebody help. Um, I really just internalized all of that again. And I think that was really rooted in this thought of like, if I tell people that in that month I only made $200, people are going to think that my business is a failure. And then they're not going to take my business seriously. And then no one's going to want to hire me because... I'm a failure, blah, 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 blah. And you sort of like get caught up in this spiral. So obviously I know you listening to this podcast, you might be thinking like, 
Danielle, I don't have a business. This isn't relevant to me. But I think that this sort of cyclical way of thinking is really applicable to pretty much any negative scenario in our lives. We make one single mistake or one small thing goes wrong in our life. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in this downward spiral of, well, if this isn't working, then that's not going to work. And then so on and so on and so on until we've sort of like talked ourselves into this vortex of negativity that first of all, isn't really helping us because the situation we're in obviously isn't pleasant and thinking that way isn't going to help us get out of it. But it also just really amplifies something that's not necessarily real. And so thinking back again to this conversation I was having, particularly with a client this morning, actually, about fear and wanting to like put yourself out there and share what's on your heart. Um, She's working on a passion project of hers and she was a little bit nervous to sort of share that on her personal Instagram. And I had to remind her that oftentimes when it comes to us fearing something, whether it's fearing judgment from other people or fearing rejection or anything like that, We are making a decision for someone else before we even give them the opportunity to see what it is we have to offer. So when we hold ourselves back from saying things like, hey, I only made $200 in my business last month, or hey, this is the new project I'm working on, let me know what you think. When we prevent ourselves from saying those things, we are already deciding that the other people are gonna judge us for it. When we don't actually know that that's the case, we don't know what other people are thinking, heck, In fact, this is what happened for me when I finally started opening up to people about what was going on in my business, particularly in that one month, um, which side note is definitely not the case anymore. I did this thing called Iterate where I created a new business model and things are going much better now. But (laughs) if I, or when I, sorry, finally decided to open up to people about that, they were incredibly supportive and apologetic and actually felt bad for not having any idea that I was going through that on my own. And so the same with this client, when she finally opened up about like, hey guys, this is the passion project I'm working on. She was explaining to me that she had unbelievable support from people that she didn't even expect. And I think that's the really beautiful thing when it comes to leaning into that discomfort and doing the scary thing is that oftentimes the people who we expect to judge us or say things are more often than not the ones that come to hold our hand and to help us through those hard times. And so I guess the point of this sort of rant that I'm on right now is to recognize that, well, first of all, fear is an illusion. I credit my long-term client, Jess, for always teaching me false evidence appearing real, which I just absolutely love. Um, And I think it's so, so true when it comes to fear. We don't know anything really. And we create these spiraling narratives in our head that tell us like the worst case scenario world is going to explode. My life is over. And it's simply never really the case. And nothing is really ever as bad as we think it is. And the next time you find yourself faced with fear thinking like this could be really really bad I don't want to say anything or tell anyone I want you to really rate that fear on a scale of one to ten this is an exercise I work through with many of my private coaching clients and that's to think about the worst case scenario so if I do this thing or I tell people this thing what is the absolute worst thing that could happen to me 
Because chances are once you sort of write that out or at least think about it in your head, you're going to realize that like, okay, if I try this thing and it doesn't work, it's going to be like a five on a scale of one to 10 because I just end up back where I started. Or maybe you end up a little bit further than that and it's a four. But chances are it's never going to be like a one. On a scale of one to 10, our worst case scenario, unless it's something catastrophic where you could actually potentially like die, like you're like, maybe I'm going to go jump off a cliff without a parachute and see if I can survive. Okay, that's just stupid. But if that's the case, okay, that might be a one on a scale of one to 10 because worst case scenario is you end up dead. But that's not really the point I'm trying to make. I just gave you a bit of a silly example there. I just am trying to advocate for the fact that Our fear is always amplified in our own minds and we don't know what other people are thinking about what we're doing because chances are those people are thinking about themselves anyway. No one cares about you as much as you care about you and I don't mean that from a place of being mean. I mean it from a place of reassurance like you are the most important to yourself and so in my opinion it's most important that we are honoring ourselves because At the end of the day, everyone is looking out for themselves. Yes, you can care about other people. I care about lots of people. I love them and I want what's best for them. But at the end of the day, everyone's individual interest is primarily in themselves. And so if they can look out for themselves, why can't you look out for yourself? That's kind of the question I want you to really ponder on. What would feel great to do for myself? Despite how scary it is, despite how uncomfortable it is, What would feel best? And this kind of leads me into another thing that happened today. So for those of you that don't know, I do Oracle card readings so people can purchase them through my website and I will sort of like channel their energy remotely and pull cards for them and send them like an audio version of that card reading. And so the reading I did today, um, we sort of Sorry, just to backtrack a little bit. We pull two cards, one for where you are right now and one for where you want to go. And as I was doing this reading today, we pulled a card about discomfort and how oftentimes the things that scare us the most in life are the things that are most meant for us. Because if you think about it and you sort of just go through life doing like what's expected or what feels normal, I mean, sure, you might feel happy or content, at least, with the life that you have, but it's not really very exciting. And again, I mentioned this in like every episode, but I think it's so, so true and so important that people start considering it. I like to treat my life like a fun experiment. And so if something, an opportunity or a situation presents itself and I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a try. Even if it's only one time, I'm like, you know what? I only get one life. I might as well... Try a bunch of things and see what sticks. And so oftentimes that comes to doing the really scary, really uncomfortable things. And so in this reading, I was really just sort of reminding the client that if there's a nudge that you've been avoiding out of fear, perhaps it's time to find the courage to face it because you don't know where that's going to take you. Again, fear is the illusion. You have the choice to lean into the fear or to say, screw it. I'm going to just try this thing and see what happens. And wouldn't it be awful to think like 25, 30 years down the road that you avoided this one thing because one thing someone might have potentially said, but they never actually said because you didn't give them the chance to say it because you never actually did the thing. 
I remember back when I was leaving my nine to five job, that was like the thing that pushed me over the edge. There was no catastrophic event. Nothing really happened. I was just really unhappy, feeling really unfulfilled, sort of stuck. And I woke up one day and had this realization that like, either this is going to be my life for the next 25 years. And I'm going to look back when I'm 50 and be like, why did I waste all my time being so miserable at this cubicle? Or I was like, oh, I could try this thing. And if it doesn't work, I'll just go find another nine to five job. But the fear of having to hold on to that regret for the rest of my life, when I thought about it on that big of a scale, was so overwhelming that I would almost have like really severe anxiety about it. Like I would be driving to work and I could feel my chest getting tighter as I got closer and closer to my office being like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this again. And I don't want this to turn into some like corporate bashing thing. I think that for a while there, especially a few years ago, I sort of had this mentality of like, screw the nine to five, it sucks, it's the worst, la da 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 da. And I don't think that's the case. Um, I was actually having this discussion with my mom a couple weeks ago because I had a unique opportunity presented to me to go back into a corporate job. And I like went through the whole interview process and everything. And I think I came to the realization that it wasn't the nine to five that I disliked, it was the lack of freedom and the lack of like feeling like a real person that I had in the job that I was in. You were treated like a number, you're replaceable. They didn't really care about like employee morale or anything like that. Um, I would definitely consider going back to a corporate sort of nine to five job if I had the freedom and flexibility to incorporate the things that I value, like my freedom. Working from home is something that's non-negotiable for me now. Um, and having the freedom to sort of like get my work done when it feels good to me because I don't always want to sit down at my desk from nine until five. Sometimes I want to work at five in the morning and then I want to work at like five in the afternoon. It really just depends day to day, like how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling. Um, and so if there's a job out there that I could find that exists within that realm, that would be great. I'm not seeking out a job right now. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm just saying everyone's sort of work situation looks different. And I think that society, especially in the millennial situation, has sort of turned into this like, screw the nine to five structure. And I don't really think that that is fair. I think that the nine to five works well for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of people really resonate with that lifestyle. And if that's you, that's great. Um, but there all are also a lot of people who enjoy the freedom and flexibility of entrepreneurship. Me personally, I love both. There's components of both that I enjoy, um, but I do have values that I'm very strongly rooted in that in order for me to go back to a corporate job would require that it checks off those boxes. That was like a really weird tangent that I just went on, but I've been meaning to share that message for a while now because I feel like I haven't made it very clear. And I've had people in my life make comments to me about like, oh, well, I know you hate the nine to five, but, and it's like, I don't hate the nine to five. I just hated the nine to five that I had, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, okay. So I have no idea if this made any sense at all. I really just want you to walk away from this episode with this newfound sense of like, there's this thing I wanna go after. And I don't know what people are gonna say about it, but I'm gonna put it out to the world and just see what happens. Because honey, sister, friend, I've been there, I've done it. And I promise you, once you do it, you'll look back and kind of laugh a little bit about how scared you were of doing that thing. So y'all know me, hashtag do the damn thing. I am here for you. 
in your corner. If you ever want to chat about it, send me a message on Instagram. I love to connect with each and every one of you there. I do also want to take a moment to shout out everyone who has left me a review on iTunes this past month. So, so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. I think you can probably hear it in my voice, but I have this like newfound passion for recording these episodes and the feedback that I've received so far has been absolutely incredible. I am so, so grateful for each and every one of you who takes the time to listen to the episodes, to share it on your Instagram story, to share it with a friend, to leave a review. Honestly, those things are so, so important to growing this community. And I love each and every one of you so, so much. So thank you for taking the time to listen to me sit here in my house, just talking to a microphone. I mean, I don't know if any of this made sense, like I said, but I so, so appreciate you either way. I hope this episode was helpful. And again, if you have any questions, just reach out to me. I'm only a message away. Love you so much. And I'll chat with you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes go live. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much.